Aloha, unconventional friends. How are you today? I'm recording this on a Saturday morning after a very, very, very hard week of work and a week that I felt like it challenged my, my health, my mental health. I feel like the end is nowhere to be seen, even though at the end of the year it's coming. Uh, but I'm actually very excited to share with you a, conversations, a conversation that I had with one of my truly extraordinary students who will talk today about her journey of overcoming um, challenges, adversity, of, of dealing with um, very unexpected negative things that that happen in in her life so i'm really excited to share this uh this conversation with you uh today um and um her name is ilham bazi ilham is from morocco and um, i've known her for a year now as a student but i also think she's going to be somebody to definitely watch before we talk about the uh, uh ilham and we move to the five on five segment of the podcast I would like to start by saying, um, uh, by talking about some of the things that I like. As you know, we have three segments in this podcast. I like what I like, five on five, and the lesson of the day. And today I would like to say that I like to stay connected with you. And um, I'm super excited and highly, highly, highly uh, in disbelief that we have almost a thousand plays of this podcast that I launched a month ago. And I am beyond excited, beyond grateful and beyond surprised that so many of you are listening. And I want to give you an example of some of the things that make this podcast such a joyful experience for me beyond just talking to this amazing people that I managed to interview. But I get messages from people that I actually have never met in person. And they write me and they say, you know what, this is such a great experience. I love listening. Um, and specifically, I want to talk about somebody that I have never met in person, but it turns out that we have extensive conversations on social media. Her name is Misha Vasilescu. Misha is from Romania. We have never met in person, but Misha was super, super kind. She sent me this very beautiful validating message where she talked about how much she loved the positive energy that my normal guests have. And actually she mentioned how much she loves the fact that we have normal people on the podcast, people that seem to be a lot more relatable, people that have stories that we can uh, resonate with and people that can be very inspiring because they are just very much like us. I also want to, to talk about, uh, since I spoke about Romanian friends, um, I have another friend that I have never met in person. Her name is Paula. Paula is an amazing, very young entrepreneur. Um, she has an amazing energy that I can tell just by looking from her Instagram account. Uh, Paula, thank you so much for staying with me on on this journey we have met virtually i think last year when i had a ted talk so thank you for that and obviously thank you to to all my friends who are listening friends that i know friends that i don't know um adna happy birthday it was your birthday this week i miss you very much you are my travel sister i can't believe that i don't get to see you this year but let's keep our hopes up i really 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 can't wait to see you 
and then celebrate. Celebrate your birthday, my birthday, Christmas, Hanukkah, everything else that we can imagine on this planet. So today I'd like to acknowledge you. I like to tell you how much I love to stay connected with you. I love when you send me messages, even about the things that you don't like, the things that you would like to hear more about, um, and the fact that you are, in a way, discovering podcasting through this unconventional professor podcast. Now, enough of talking about the things that I like. Let me tell you how much you will like Ilham Bazi in the next segment, Five on Five. Welcome to the Unconventional Professor Podcast. Hello. Hi. You, professor? <laughs> I am so, so, so happy to finally have a chance to talk to you outside of the classroom. Yeah, I'm so excited as well uh, for being part of the podcast today. Like, oh. I, think you, I think you can feel that from my voice. <laughs> and you can definitely feel that from my voice. So for, for those of you listening for the first time, student she's mba class of 2022 no 21 right? i was 21 oh my god <laughs> yeah 2021 let's yeah. just be clear it's not 3000 it's not 1000 <laughs> time is so irrelevant this year isn't exactly. it exactly yeah it's a funny but, year yeah but not only that she's my student she's also somebody that i look up to she's a very very beautiful girl a very beautiful person a highly unconventional spirit and a couple of weeks ago, we had a conversation, and this is way be- before I had my podcast, Delham. And I always thought, you need to have a public voice. You need to talk about these things publicly. So here we are. Yes, yes, <laughs> so exciting. I'm really happy that you decided at the end to, like, to have the podcast, and I listened to some episodes, and they are just amazing. Oh, thank you for that. Like, um, for those of you listening for the first time, this idea of the podcast actually started as a class assignment for uh, the Working Professionals MBA program when one of my colleagues asked me to talk about the do's and don'ts of a podcast. And I was like, but I don't know anything about it. And she said, but you usually know everything about everything. <laughs> and I was like, okay, if that's the challenge, I will take it. And then in my preparation process for this class, I actually realized that I should do actual learning, which is let me do a podcast and see what it looks like. And after the first episode, I have to admit, Ilham, that I liked it so much. I did another one, and then I did another one. And this is episode number 10 or 11. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I think we need to celebrate soon, like after the CMCO. I think after the CMCO, we're going to celebrate so much that I have plans to not be sober for, 20, <laughs> for, for, for nothing but 20 minutes. So... For those of you listening for the first time, the format of this interview, it's a little bit unconventional. How else, right, Ilham? Yeah. And instead of me just asking the questions, my guest also has questions for me. So that's why we call it five on five. Five questions for Ilham, five questions for Loredana. And I usually have the same first and last question for my guests because I think this is the whole premise of, of the show. So without further ado, allow me to ask you, Ilham, tell us a little bit about yourself and what makes you unconventional sure so my name is Ilham I'm from Morocco Uh, I have a funny story about ASB and unconventional because if it was not for unconventional and extraordinary I wouldn't (laughs) I wouldn't be in Malaysia uh, right now I wouldn't be at ASB so um, let me share with you like why I think I'm unconventional okay the first point is that I really love stepping out of my comfort zone. 
I think my mm. comfort zone is my discomfort zone. Like I can't wow. really handle it. So for example, I relocated from Morocco to New Zealand. Uh, and uh, I remember people were questioning this decision. Like, are you sure? Mm. Like it's the other part of the world. Do you have problems yeah. with your family? Like, how could you, <laughs> how could you be that far from them? You know? Yeah. Um, and then I think, yeah, another, another thing from like stepping out from this comfort zone is that I'm really career obsessed person. Like since oh. I graduated, like uh, everything was about my work achievements and what I do mm. at work. And then um, I relocated to UK and at a certain point, lots of things happened. And I felt like I really want to experience not being employed. So how mm. I would define myself? Because if I've been defining myself um, with my work, yeah. who I would be without that. So like I had this crazy idea. I remember when I like talked to my family, I told them this is the plan. They thought there is something wrong going with this girl. <laughs> <laughs> and then I resigned and I had this period. And I said, uh, you know what? I'm not even looking for a job now because I want that feeling. I want to take yeah. that risk. And it was really one of the most rewarding experiences of my life. And it just changed my perspective on a lot of things. Also, like, I love doing crazy things. And even if they scare me. So I did skydiving, bungee jumping. Oh, my God. I, I even, like, last week did emceeing for a big event, um, which is, as you know, the Leadership Energy Summit Asia. Yeah. And before, like, doing it, like, the, the, the day, I was thinking, Ilham, what do you do? Why do you do this to yourself? Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, this is, I think generally I'm a why not person and I uh -huh. love having options. I think the other part, tell me if my answer is very long, you know? That's okay. <laughs> we have plenty of time. This is, I don't have a sponsor who's going to come and cut through so we can do literally whatever the hell we want. <laughs> okay, that's perfect. So the, the second point is like, I think my personality combination. So mm. before going into the details, I... It's, it feels weird, to be honest, to talk about yourself, you know? Yes. Um, so I hope people, when they are listening to us, they don't think this girl lacks humility. <laughs> but, That's okay. Don't but, worry about them. It's just about you and me. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, I think this is an open discussion. And um, so I'm a smart and sharp person. I think mm -hmm. a lot of people would define me as smart. And then I'm a very kind person as well. And that's true. I feel this combination is very difficult to find. Um, I, I agree. Yeah. And I, like, again, my type of kindness is very different. It's not that loud type with like you will be telling people positive stuff all the time. But like I do really think deeply about other people and have their best interests in mind. And mm -hmm. even I can do things without letting them know that I do these things for them, you know? Yeah. So, and I think my family identified that very, very early during my childhood. Like I remember my parents telling me stories of things I was doing and it surprised them. So I, I do really believe that nothing can make our life or the lives of other people more beautiful than perpetual kindness, but an honest kindness. It's not just because you expect something from people back. Yeah. You know? um, so also like something is that maybe more shocking in this part of the world where we are right now is that I'm a very straightforward person. Mm -hmm. So um, I would just tell people what I think 
And yeah. what I do really appreciate is that people come back to me when they really need help or advice because mm-hmm. they know I will be authentic. Like yeah. I will not be sugarcoating things. Yep. We have so, that in common. <laughs> so, yeah, I think. And then people who know me very well, they get to discover other sites and yeah. they get very surprised. So because I think most people, um, they would see the serious parts and also like um, the overly confident. Mm-hmm. But once they get to know me, they discover the crazy and fun part more. So, yeah. yeah. So this is like for people who know me very well and think they find this very unconventional. Interesting. And, yeah. And the last point is that I have extremely high standards. And this is something that people pick up very easily. It yep. might seem very challenging, but I feel like I frame it as it's a positively challenge, challenging people. Um, mm. I even have this, I will not forget it. Like we had this teamwork really at the start of the MBA and we worked on a new version of a product. And when we were doing the pitch to, for the class, one of the teammates said, oh, this product has Ilham standards. And this made me laugh, <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> So yeah, so this is the way how I see myself in conventional. Yeah, I I see so many things of of yourself in my in myself too, and maybe that's why we have such a great chemistry together. Um, but I really really love what you said about being perpetual honest kindness, perpetual kindness and honest kindness. I really love that. I love that you think of yourself as authentic and this high standards thing. Um, actually, somebody recently asked me on the podcast about excellence being the baseline for me mm-hmm. and uh, it was Mervin actually one of uh, one of the WP students who said that uh, he he was impressed that I can stand by my excellence standards and I never really thought that I should apologize for for excellence but then the more I thought about it the more I realized that it does make people uncom- uncomfortable and unhappy and you end up with having some sort of reputation if you listen too much to to those voices mm-hmm. great very fr- great very first uh, answer Ilham I have about three pages of notes from everything <laughs> that you said so I think it's it's my turn yes. to be challenged by your question now yes. let me hear it I have my first question to you and something that I'm very curious about because mm. I think I would get a lot of lessons from you so like we all face major decisions in our lives Mm. And um, some of them, like, they would result in choosing to take a left turn instead of going right and vice versa, isn't it? Um, And these are, like, moments that change our lives. So um, sometimes when you are in this process of making the decision, um, like, how do you... um, how do you handle the fact when you find out your brain and heart want different things? Uh, Mm. So if you can share with us any experiences you had about this and how do you deal with it and how can you make the final call? Hmm. Very good question and very good, very hard question to answer. But if I think about this life changing moments, like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. uh, when I had to listen to either my heart or my mind, I'm an extremely instinctive person. I think my heart takes precedence most of the times. Um, I'm trying to think if my heart led me the wrong way so far, Mm -hmm. but I think it also has to be a lot with what you're looking for Mm -hmm. in the sense that when somebody gives you option A versus option B, what is the goal that you're after? 
For example, in my case, I never chased money, even though when I was in college, I was so poor that I remember walking to to my school because I didn't have enough money for the bus. And it was a really, 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 really long walk. Mm -hmm. But I was never somebody who was um, who was motivated by a financial uh, benefit of a decision. But I was more motivated by the learning, by the adventure, by the unconventional the unconventionality of the experience mm-hmm. so i would make a decision based on that okay so it's more gut- and i think sorry yeah it's it's more gut yeah. but it's more heart mm-hmm. if you want if you want to talk about the the life-changing moments and i feel like um and interesting enough once i started doing that i started to have money too <laughs> which was very funny but i think there's something to be said there because if i go with my heart or gut whatever you want to call it um, I think you put a lot more work and a lot more passion and a lot more dedication and the results are, are better. I don't remember doing, a, I don't remember taking a, an intellectual decision that served me well, but I remember many, many decisions that I took with my heart or with my instinct or with my, rather than, rather my personality. So the way I balance the heart and the mind here is I think my personality would be more the heart and the mind would be more the the path that seemed to have more logic, more reason, mm-hmm. more return on the investment, if you want, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's so, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So for me, for me, if it speaks to my personality, if it speaks to my instinct, and if it speaks to my goal. Mm-hmm. When I came to Asia School of Business, for example, in January 2015, I left an amazing job, a job that I loved really, 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 really a lot. But also a, lo- a, a job that started to tell me, you're going to be a little bit bored. You're going to get bored very soon. This is a little bit too comfortable. You're not really learning much. And when I heard about this MIT adventure, I was like, wow, this is so exciting. How many people can say that I build a school? <laughs> and then the voice of the reason, which was sort of like the voice of the public conventional uh, you know, collective, they were like, what do you mean you're going to move to Malaysia? Do you even know what Malaysia is? Do you know what? that reality looks like do you know it's a muslim country do you know this and do you know that and i feel like a lot of the times the voice of reason is the voice of convention and if you really want to be highly unconventional maybe you need to listen to your own voice rather than the voices around you yeah you are perfectly right like saying like the mind will give you more conventional life yeah yeah true So I have I have a question for you, and I have to say this is a question related to a little bit what you just said in the beginning, but also because I know you so well. This week was an amazing week for you from many, many, many points of view. I don't want to spill the beans, but I'll let you talk a little bit about this this week. So my question for you is, what was so awesome about this week? And maybe what did you learn from the things that happened this week mm-hmm. to you? Yes, that's so true. Like, um, I had all sorts of emotions this week. I think this week was... No, it's not I think this week was the one of the best weeks of my life in the shittiest year of my life. <laughs> Let's put it this way. Say that say that again. Say that again, you have. So, say that again because it's so good. So this week is one of the best weeks of my life of the shittiest uh, year of my life. So like can you imagine the <laughs> the situation? So So tell us what was so good and what was so bad about this. What was so good about this week and what was so bad about this year? So what was great about this week is that first, um, 
I stepped out again of my comfort zone and I decided to MC for an event. I can tell you, mm-hmm. um, uh, already like two days or three days before the event, I can I started feeling like the stress and how nervous yeah. I was, but also how excited I was. Like it was a mix yeah. of weird feelings, you know. And mm-hmm. the night before, I even couldn't sleep, you know. Like I felt my yeah. heart was racing, like my brain was racing, and in in fact, I loved it. I said I missed this this during this year, yeah, because there was nothing that special that yeah exactly that made me feel the same. And I was thinking, oh, this is how I want my life to be. So then, mm, alive, yes, yeah, alive. Like, because if yeah. not, you feel just you are existing, like you are not alive. Yeah. And then the the next morning, I went. I had a quick uh, like rehearsal with DW. And like, mm-hmm. I still can feel all this, these weird uh, feelings and like emotions. And like, I remember it went very well. I was so surprised. So I didn't expect it to be as good. Uh, I think this is coming yeah. from the fact that I'm a little bit tough on myself. So excellence problem <laughs> and perfectionism. Um, yep. It went very well. And by the end of the day, like when I said my final words and like the video was off, it's like, oh my god like I feel now yeah did I it. did it this is like I felt like it's an ecstasy feeling <laughs> and it is it's and, very much and then what what was the second thing that happened that was so and good the same day so during the same day so after I finished all of this I went to celebrate with a friend and I was checking my emails and I see this email from Microsoft your team has been shortlisted for the finals of Microsoft oh Hackathon I was thinking Oh my God, like I started jumping. <laughs> like people would think I'm crazy or something. And I said, oh my God, this is like the best day ever. So just to give you um, a quick overview of what it's about. Yeah. So we, uh, during our MBA, so this term we have actually learning five, which is an entrepreneurship project. And with my amazing team, we have decided to focus on something very special and very important to me, which is, so trying to solve the problem of unemployment for blind and visually impaired people. Mm-hmm. So then we, then when we saw this uh, this opportunity with Microsoft, they have the accessibility hackathon. We said, oh, why not? Let's do also this because apart from having this experience of competing for this, we will be able to get more attraction, and Microsoft might help us achieve our goal. So yeah. Of course. And I will be very honest with you. I didn't expect that we will be shortlisted. So when I saw the email, like, mm. I was extremely, extremely like surprised. Congratulations. Thank you so much. And then since then, again, a lot of emotions because we had our final presentation on Thursday. And then on Friday, we got the results and we were the winners for Malaysia. So <laughs> this like, was amazing. <laughs> amazing. So you, you've been challenged to MC and by the way for those of you who don't know the conference that um, that Ilham had to MC was in front of about 2500 people yeah. on Zoom but we had the Nobel Prize um, a professor from MIT we had some very 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 impressive speakers I, I 100% understand the, the feeling the emotion the adrenaline that rushes through and then to win an accessibility Microsoft competition that's amazing and I'll ask you a question later about why do you care about this but um I'm excited to hear whatever question you have yeah. for me now after such an exciting yes, week. Yes, so 
This is also a question that I want to know more about from you. So I remember like the first time I met you was not when we started the program, but when I came to visit during admit weekend. Um, so, mm -hmm. and what I noticed and I loved is that how you promote the importance of failing, but specifically failing forward, which is great, you know? Yeah. Um, because if you don't fail or at least take the risk, it means that you are not doing new things. And again, it means you are not stepping out of your comfort zone. The zone that I hate the most. Yeah. So, um, so <laughs> like, can you share with us, like, your biggest failure? And what did you learn from it? The biggest failure of the week, of the month, of the year, of the last yeah. decade. I mean, to be honest, I have so many failures. It's a... I feel like all I do is fail forward. The only reason why I move forward is because I fail mm -hmm. forward. Um, I'm trying to think of an example that 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 will help. I have so many instances of failing, uh, to be very mm -hmm. honest, Ilham. I think anywhere from failing in college and not not being able to change my my major when I realized that I hate it and then uh, I had to repeat the year because I failed my my third year of college, my mm -hmm. junior year. That was a massive failure. And what I learned from that was that if I want to do something, I better do it and not listen to, again, the voice of the reasons who says, just finish college. It doesn't matter if you like it or not. That was a massive failure for me because it, it, it sort of derailed me from what I wanted to do. Another failure that I had was to, hmm, this is very, very different. I'm, I'm somebody who believes a lot in friendships and relationships, and I invest a lot in my relationships. And sometimes I invest in relationships without seeing that some of the relationships mm -hmm. are toxic. And many, many, many times I would allow a lot of toxicity in my life because I would say, this is what a good friend does. Uh, you know, you're my friend. I have to be there for you no matter what. <clears throat> and one of the things that I failed to realize, maybe um, not not early enough is that some relationships are so toxic that by leaving the relationship, this is what, this is where you win rather than staying. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I allowed a few people in my life to be extremely toxic and, and sort of drag me into a, a very unhappy place. But what I learned from, from this experience is also that sometimes stepping out of a friendship relationship is the best thing that you can do. And it doesn't mean you're a bad friend. It just means that you're good to yourself. Mm -hmm. And then another thing that I'm failing daily is to be a better person. This is my daily struggle. I am um, very much like you. I have extremely high standards for excellence, but unlike you, I don't have the patience and the courtesy to, to allow people to, to come to my standards in their own terms. Mm -hmm. So I, I failed a lot by, by being impatient and uh, too assertive and sometimes aggressive about what I want. And um, this, is, this is my daily failure. And what I'm learning from it is that you can have, you can be unapologetically um, excellent in your expectation, but maybe I need to work a lot on my emotional maturity about it. So it, it's, it's a daily struggle. It really well, that, is. That's very interesting because um, I think like also from my experience, I'm very surprised that you said I'm patient because I'm not. <laughs> and like people... Well, it, se it seems to me that yeah. you are in the sense that you do a good job with, with allowing people's uh, time and uh -huh. space and 
I, I think you do a very good job with that. Oh, that's interesting because like um, I feel and I'm sure people appreciate this about you because uh, they know like you push a lot, but it's for everyone's benefit and like for other people to be in their best shape, like and yeah. best version. Um, I'm sure people appreciate that. Like uh, I'm seeing also from like how we run the classes, etc. It might seem uncomfortable, but you know, but yeah, you know, it is. Like, as they say, no pain, no gain. And I think if even if it's uncomfortable, <laughs> if it's uncomfortable, like when you know it's for the good benefit. Yeah. I remember when we did the SAP videos, you know, and mm, which was an assignment this summer for for the students because not everybody who listens to this podcast is a student, <laughs> yeah. Ilham. So we have to be descriptive yeah, about so it. We had the, during the summer to do. Um, so we have the summer associates program as part of our MBA. And we do uh, weekly reflections on smart skills. And uh, it was like in a video format. And we were wondering, why do we have to do videos, you know? And at the end of the day, like I personally discovered that was like an amazing idea. And I want to tell you this because I didn't uh, say it. I think if I didn't do the videos during summertime, I wouldn't do the MC. Because I really don't like seeing myself in a video. So yep. that was a great thing. I thank you for that. Yeah, I, uh, I, I really, really want to thank you for that validation. So one of the things that I've learned as a professor, and, and people tell me who are parents, but I don't have children, so I cannot talk about that, that sometimes you have to make a decision for the better of that child or student, knowing that they're not going to like you. They're not going to like you in the moment, and you have to be okay with that. Because if I were to do things that that would make my students like me, I think I would be very popular, but my students would be less successful. I'll be very, very honest about this. For example, when I asked my entire class this summer to get on in front of Zoom for 20 minutes every week and reflect on something that they have done, I got so much shit back. I was like, wow, I don't want to do this. This is stupid. But I had, I think, I had the vision to understand that we're going to be online for a lot longer than we realized. And we're going to be on screen for a lot longer than we realize. And just the same way you have to improve your uh, persona when you speak to somebody in person, the way you have to learn how to speak, how to present, how to introduce yourself, how to be poised, you have to learn how to do that online. And uh, I I remember the week when I announced the assignment, I got so (laughs) much pushback. And I thought, I don't really need to do this. I mean, the students really hate me right now and I don't need more hate because I was going through some shitty time as well. But at the same time, I was thinking, I know they're going to appreciate it at the end of the year. They will. I know this for a fact. They will. And I think that's it. That sometimes when you stand for something that you truly believe in, you also have to stand in this level of discomfort knowing that you lost a lot of popularity points at that point. Yeah, at that point, but then you will have them back. I'm sure like everyone loved the idea afterwards. Afterwards, you know, there's a lot of people who say, well, that was a great idea and I sustained it from the beginning. But uh, Ilham, I want to go back to uh, the, the, the best yeah. week of the worst year. <laughs> and one of the things that uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about it is is, uh, is this, um, this project that you won with, with Microsoft Accessibility Hackathon. And I know it's something that is very, mm-hmm. very personal to you. And I'm not sure you want to talk about this, but uh, if you could, tell us a little bit about what made you come up with this idea. What was the originator 
of yeah. this project. I would definitely love to talk about this. So this is very personal and um, I wouldn't have expected that I would share that, like this kind of things in public, like, and I don't know who will be listening to this, but I think... <laughs> <laughs> Just the two of us. Just the two of us. <laughs> so as I said, this is like the worst year of my life, to be honest. And uh, I think not now it's not only me, but most probably everyone on the planet with COVID and everything else happening. Yeah. So January this year, I came back from a great holiday. I started classes, was so exciting. I was so happy. We moved to a new residence, students' residence. So everything like, it was supposed to be a great start of the year. And the expectation mm. is that we will be traveling to so many countries. I will be visiting the U.S. for the first time. And like, oh, my God, like the expectation was it just high. And then I think two days or three days, I started feeling some weird symptoms. And like I got unexpectedly ill. So anyway, I don't want to go mm. into the details. Um, um, I'm so thankful that it's over. It was just an episode. It was a great learning. I really love the learning, like, even if I'm saying now it's the worst year. So with whatever happened, yeah. like the risk I was exposed to is that I could lose my eyesight. So, wow. and can you imagine that, like, when the doctor was telling me that if I don't do anything about it, or like, if this is not solved, this is what would happen. And I had all these <sighs> ideas oh so now what would i do with an mba if i don't have my eyesight and can you imagine for someone who like um i'm an extremely independent person like since i was a child exactly so i can't imagine yeah. myself being dependent now on other people because i'm losing eyesight exactly um and um so like all those negative ideas and i think i lived with this uh, like the anxiety of this happening for a few months. And then when we had the opportunity to work on an entrepreneurship project, it's true in the beginning we have brainstormed on so many, uh, so many things like products, uh, um, launch or uh, some kind of education like um, project for COVID. Uh, but then we talked about accessibility. And when we talked about accessibility, I told them if there is something really important to me, is I want to people to not have the same dark ideas they, they can have if they know they yeah. are exposed to this kind of risk. And apart from this, even people who mm -hmm. are blind or born blind, like this should not be the end of the, the road for them. There are so many possibilities. Absolutely. I don't think when, when you are teaching smart and sharp skills, is eyesight one of them? <laughs> it's not. So it's just... I find no, it's not a way to interact I, with I, information. It's not. Yeah. So, exactly. um, so that was like, and like the, I have a really an amazing team and they were all in for this project and we started meeting people and uh, we met people from the Malaysian Association of the Blind. We met the uh, president of the Hong Kong uh, Blind Association. So many amazing people around the world in amazing jobs, doing amazing stuff. And I think when I saw all of that, I felt really bad about myself. I was thinking when I had, I was exposed hmm. to the risk. It was only a risk that is over. Like that amount yeah. of um, negative emotions I had, Although people there are doing mm. amazing stuff. Like, how could you be that um, 
Yeah. Like, I, I don't know how to... I felt it was selfish. No, I understand. I, but you also didn't know that there are so many amazing things that you can do today. And there are yeah. so many amazing people who are blind and they still yeah. do yeah. wonderful things, right? So I think this right? course is all the way are doing things and I hope and we will be working towards making it happen and we will be even much more happier if we get to our first job seeker to, to be employed, etc. But this project, I think, did so much good things for me, you know? It's, it's life-changing. Um, mm. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I have to say, your, your story and being close to you this year and seeing you go through uh, your own personal um, potential tragic outcome when the world was also going through the, the worst year of this decade, at least, uh, it was such a weird juxtaposition, right? Because, yeah, you, you did say that a lot of people are suffering because of the COVID, but you were suffering from something mm -hmm. completely non-related while also the world was, was going into, mm -hmm. into, into shams. Thank you for, for that, uh, Ilham, and thank mm -hmm. you for being so open about it. All right, I, yeah. think, uh, I think I'm ready for your, so your next I challenge. I have this question, but... Um quite hesitating to ask it like i wouldn't ask you this in person to be honest <laughs> so, okay <laughs> well it's a good thing you're so, far away one of the reasons like i want to ask is because as you said in the beginning and something i feel we have so much in common like both of us so in mm. terms of how we pursue excellence and how we are assertive and confident and like for other people we can be very intimidating so I want to know more about your love life. Like, how, how is it going? Any All learnings? Right. Anything that you could do differently? Lessons? Advice for me? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for this question. I have to say you are the only one that was brave enough to ask me this, even though I have a feeling that many people <laughs> wanted to know. So uh, I, I would say that this year, um, I don't know if it's just my love life or everybody else's love life, but there's no love life. Um, I'm just practicing a lot of self-love. And that's more emotional, people. Mm -hmm. Don't think about any dirty stuff. But I would, I would say that, um, and you know what's so funny? I had a similar question for you. <laughs> I did. I was actually looking at my notes. I'm like, oh, oh. So uh, I would say that one of the most important lessons that I learned as somebody who's a very assertive person and somebody who I want what I want and I want it now is that what I am looking for in a guy is not what I need in a guy. In the sense that for the longest time ever, I used to be very attracted to this bad boy persona, men who were very, very assertive, very cool, very sort of standoffish people that, that seemed to be unapproachable. And until I started dating a few and I was re I realized that oh actually it's not really that interesting once you once you once you got in the game. And I think my my biggest realization was when I when I started seeing people that were not what I wanted but what I needed. What do I mean by this? I'm a handful and you are a handful Ilham. We are not women that are very easy easy to deal with in the sense that if excellence is the baseline in your profession, trust me, excellence will be the baseline in your relationship. If you are assertive in your profession, you will be assertive in your life, even though obviously we all take turns, right? From assertive, you can be submissive and things like that. But what I, what I learned is that I actually am looking for somebody who's complementary, not somebody who's like me. 
for the longest time, I would chase my own sort of my own male version of myself, somebody strong, assertive, very public, very intimidating in a way. And the truth is, there's no there's no two yins in a yin and yang. You need a yin and you need a yang. And and I think um, my biggest realization, along with the fact of that I need to find somebody that I need versus somebody that I want, is my second observation is that it doesn't matter that somebody loves you. It matters how they love you. So um, I, I want to I talk a little bit about this. I was asked once um, in marriage, and the guy said, marry me and you're going to make me the happiest man in the world. I will be so happy. I'm going to walk on the moon and back. And as he was talking about it, I was thinking, mm -hmm. well, how about me? Why, why is it that you didn't say marry me and I will make you the happiest woman in the world? I will take care of you. I will make you a queen or whatever you want. And I realized, even though he was a great, great guy, I realized that I actually don't think I want to be part of somebody's self-centricity because I suffer of that myself. And I think realizing what you actually really need versus what you want, it's a big, big, big signal of maturity. Because when I realize that I want to be the number one in the relationship, I want to be recognized as the most important part of the relationship. I want to be recognized that my needs come first, mm -hmm. which is not a nice thing to say. And I'm not going to put that <laughs> on my dating profile. Yeah. Right. But once I realize that, I also realize I cannot be with somebody who's just like me. Because we're both going to look at each other and be like, me, 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 no, me, 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 no, me, 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 right? So I think, I think these are my two observations. Knowing that what you want is very different than what you need. And secondly, it's not about how, who you love, but it's how oh, you love. Interesting. Mm. Yep. Does that uh, help? I have some homework <laughs> to do. <laughs> I also have some homework to do because I was planning to ask you a similar question. But since uh, since you took my it's so <laughs> funny, it was my number fourth question on the on this thing. Yeah. But actually, I want to ask you a question that is related to this, but is not this question. So uh, in in uh, in the process of dating and when I talk to people who are going on dates and when I watch content or like I go on dates myself, uh, I, I realize that we actually put very little effort in going out for the first time with somebody. And it could be very much that it's a function of um, the cost of search in the sense that if you go out a lot on social, not on social media, I'm sorry, on, on dating platforms, you don't want to invest too much in a first date because the person might be mm -hmm. a really, really, really bad match. But let's say that you go on the first date with somebody that you actually know you might like and you know might, might be a chance. What does an ideal date first date looks like for Ilham Bazi. Okay, so it needs to be in um oh that's a very tough question because now I'm trying I thought I had the answer but it's not true. Okay. It depends. And I think from my previous experiences I I like when the other person makes the effort to know what you like. Yeah. So, for example, mm -hmm. like this, yeah. it, he was a great guy. So, like, um, he knew I like activities. I'm unconventional. I like good food. And um, so what he suggested that he said, oh, I don't want to meet you just in a restaurant or in a cafe. Let's go for karting. Uh, so we oh, went wow. for karting, I think, at 9 p.m. 
it was amazing because I love karting. This is the thing. Like when he said, let's go for karting, I was really surprised. Um, so we, we had like the karting session and then we went to this amazing Spanish restaurant and the food was amazing. And like, he was so attentive, like, um, he listens to you. He, and also like, he understands mm -hmm. like from where you are coming. Although it was very surprising. Like that was one of like great dates I had. So I just also yeah. like, it's very simple. Going back to the dating, like in general, like yesterday I was with my friends, like my classmates, and we, we were talking about dating, in fact. And the, the, the comment they gave me, oh, like, are you dating? And so I said, no, no, I'm not dating any, anyone, etc. And so, oh, because you have high standards. You know, this was, this was the first answer. <laughs> I said, oh, yep. what does mean high standards to you when you say Ilham does high has high standards? So I think... Um, people might be surprised. This is like, like those first impressions sometimes can be wrong. Like also I really love mm -hmm. simple dates yeah. that is chill and just authentic and honest and just mm -hmm. you, you live with, um, with a nice feeling, you know, like I had recently, yeah. um, yeah. like a discussion, like with the, with the friend and just spending time and talking and giving each other feedback. Like. I felt like this was great. Like it's amazing. Yeah. I yeah. I I, I 100% uh, understand that. I think when somebody tries to listen and they say, "Okay, I'm going to try to listen and see that what are the things that you like." I I have to say I highly discourage as a first date going to see a movie. <laughs> I I find that that's the laziest date ever because you don't get to talk to each other, you don't get to to even look at each other. So every time there's a first date with a movie involved, I'm like I don't, I don't know about that. I can go to that movie by myself. I don't need to be next to somebody that I'm constantly asking, what am I doing here? You're, you're absolutely right. And then my final comment before you have your next question for me is uh, this question about the high standards, which I got all my life, all my life, since I was 15 and I didn't have a boyfriend. And they were like, well, because she has high standards. I'm sorry, I'm not really sure that I understand. So I'm, am I supposed to prostitute myself to go out with somebody because having high standards is bad? What exactly is this? Like, of course that I have high standards. You should have high standards yeah, so too, right? True. Yeah. Okay. All right, um, Ilham, what so do you have for me now? Question. So I know, I know you work on so many projects. Like uh, you don't like boring stuff. So every, like, even at ASB, every time you start something no. new, which is great. And also, I know you had so many jobs. If I'm not wrong, 19, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so yep. if like yep. I could remove all barriers and constraints in the world and you can choose mm -hmm. whatever you want, yeah. what project would you do? And would you want to be known only by that project? Yes. The, the answer is clearly yes. So I have this vision and probably if I could try really hard, I could do it, but I'm a little bit lazy at this point in my life. But I always had this, this crazy idea that I would want to do. I would mm -hmm. want to build a center where I bring um, mm -hmm. orphaned grandparents and orphaned children and orphaned pets together. So I would have abandoned pets, cats, dog, rabbits, whatever the abandoned pet is, orphan children mm -hmm. that nobody wants, if you want, and then 
uh, elderly who don't have families anymore. And I would build this center together because what I realized is that the one thing that we all need is relationships. There was a very, very interesting and fascinating Harvard study that measured the quality of life. And mm -hmm. the, I think it's called the happiness index. And the happiness index is actually very much influenced by the quality mm -hmm. of relationships you have in your life. And it turns out that children without parents, uh, pets without owners, owners without pets, and grandparents without families are probably some of the unhappiest creatures on this earth. So I always thought, wouldn't it be great if the orphanage would also have a grandparent center right next to it? Because the kids would have grandparents. The grandparents who don't have families would have kids there. And then everybody would have pets because everybody should love pets. And that's, I think that's what I would want to do. I would want to build this utopian Xanadu kind of a place where it's, um, it, it would be the center of love, as simple as that. And I would want to be known only for this and everything else that I have done I up to that point, it can be erased. Project. And you need to go ahead with it. Like, <laughs> shall we do this as an entrepreneurship project? Yeah. We can I actually already have, I already have the land. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. I should do it. I think uh, maybe I should. Oh, you, I should quit the ASB and start doing this. And do it. <laughs> Don't quit the <laughs> Thank you, Elham. Believe it or not, we're coming up to the to the end of this podcast, and I am at my last oh. question. Before you ask oh. me your last question, I have my last question for you. Yeah. I can't believe time is flying when you're having fun, but. Uh, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast and one of the reasons why you are on this podcast is because I think of you as unconventional. Uh, and I have to say, I'm going to remember this sentence forever, that your comfort zone is your discomfort zone. I never heard <laughs> it before. You. It's so good. So let me ask you this. Do you have any advice for people who are closeted conventionals, for, for people who are in the, the conventional closet, but they are unconventionals and they are... They, they are dying to come out of this. Any advice for somebody who wants mm -hmm. to live a truthful life? Yeah, I think life? I do. Uh, my, I think first I would like to give advice to everyone, not people who are struggling with being unconventional. Just be kind, mm. like to yourself and also to the others, because, um, and the others, not only the people you know, but also the strangers that you meet along the way, because simply like the kinder and the more thoughtful we are the more kindness we can find in other people and it makes everyone's life easier because why people struggle with being unconventional it's just yeah. because uh maybe the fear of being judged or not accepted or this or that so mm -hmm. if everyone is kind yeah. i still don't understand why we have issues with kindness in 2020 i think it will life everyone's life will be much easier then i think I want to share this advice as well that I got from an amazing person this summer. So we were talking about life advice and personal development and I got to work with the person for a few months. And uh, he told me like, Ilham, you know, I can see you are tough on yourself. I was, I was very surprised and um, he told me he was like that and that he worked and was on a journey to, to become the person who he, he is now and he's really uh, inspiring. So going back to the story, he said he read uh, this statement that there is one person we need to ask forgiveness from and this person is ourselves. Can you imagine? And he said like he even cried yep. when he read that. So 
obviously he tells the story yeah. much better than I did right now, but this is an eye opener. I think we can be very critical uh, towards ourselves. So I think we just need to take a step back and change the mindset and like just be happy with uh, like ourselves. Obviously, this doesn't mean you don't self-reflect and be authentic and try to improve yourself. Exactly. But it means that you do all that in a positive and a constructive way. Um, but again, sometimes the life pressure can be much higher and stronger than your ability to process, you know, and even it can push you to, to yeah. doubt yourself. Then I think what I found out, uh, and it's something that I started doing a lot during the second half of this year, is like go and reach out to people, especially people like with whom you are close and like people who you trust, you know, because they are able to show you yeah. who you are really in the normal time and like how great you are. You know, I had this discussion yeah. also like during the... Mm. I think, yeah, during this week and I saw the person and the person doubted uh, himself and I was thinking, oh my God, how you, how could you doubt yourself? You are just amazing. <laughs> could, could not see it. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. true. It's true. I actually, I actually had a, I, I had mm -hmm. a recent podcast with, with Emily Price and uh, uh, she actually ma made a similar point that I think we are great because we are reflected in our relationships. And if somebody really, really likes mm -hmm. you, especially if somebody you admire really likes yeah. you, there must be a reason why, right? There must be something that is great about yourself. And then the last comment that, that you made, I really, really mm -hmm. love that self-love is not self-indulgence. You can love yourself, but you can also tr thrive to be your best and strive to be the best version of yourself. Self-love is not self-indulgence. It's not saying, you know what, I'm, I'm perfect the way I am and there's nothing that I can work on. But it also doesn't mean that you should beat yourself up. Uh, another thing, and I'll, I'll stop after this and, and be ready for your final question. But somebody else said recently, would you talk to your best friend yeah. the way you talk mm -hmm. to yourself? Mm -hmm. If no, mm -hmm. then maybe you need to change yeah, the way definitely. you talk to yourself. Uh, yeah. All right. Did we save? Did um, we save the I best think question this is for more last? Self-reflection question <laughs> for this year. Um, I okay. So, like, we still have six weeks left in 2020, isn't it? And <laughs> hopefully, they will be good. Yeah. Like, I'm hopeful. <laughs> I hope. I hope this week, like, will the coming weeks will be as good as this week <laughs> for me. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Amen. And, as I said, Amen. so many things can still happen until the new year, but. I'm wondering, what is your biggest learning from this year and why? Oh, man. I, I, it's very hard for me to articulate one learning. Um, I would say there's several levels. There's, there's layers of learning. I think on a global level, uh, I felt for a very long time, Ilham, that there's something bad happening with the world. There's, there's the beginning of, of the rise of the evil. Uh, I don't know if you, sometimes the science fiction movies have this. I think the, the movies with the, um, the superheroes have this when, when you feel that the rise of the evil is coming forward and it's, it's gaining more momentum and more power and, and, and the, the, the good and the evil are trying to battle, but the good is very weak and the evil is very bad. And, I think this year I felt that more than ever that the evil is here and the evil is, is more powerful than, than the good. 
Uh, and it was very easy to sort of lose hope. And I'm not just talking about COVID. I'm talking about, you know, the political situation across the world, the situation with the refugees, the situation with, with, uh, with so many, with so many challenging social and political constructs across the world. Um, and, uh, I, uh, I I saw recently um, an interview with somebody. I don't remember whom. I apologize, but this person was saying I kept waiting for somebody to come mm-hmm. and save us. Oh, it was Eva Langoria, and Eva Langoria she's a she is a U.S. based mm-hmm. actress, U.S. Mexican based actress, and she said I kept waiting for somebody to come and save us. I kept waiting, and I kept saying somebody will will have to come and do something, and then I realized that somebody is me. I can't wait for somebody to come and save us because mm-hmm. that is me. And I think my my main lesson in this in this <laughs> the shittiest year out of our life, in the best week of your life, Ilhan, is that the power resides with me. The power resides with you. The power resides with every single one of us because we we have to become our own heroes. We have to become our own superheroes. I can't look up at the sky and wait for for Superwoman or or Superman or whoever is to come and save us i think mm-hmm. we have to save ourselves oh, i think that's my lesson. my only and lesson for this year i think it's a great lesson from um, also the point that it gives you a lot of hope because i think we believe in our capabilities isn't it so if we know we can make the change and like say yeah. the word it's like great isn't it yeah um, and, and this is going to be my final comment for today. During the um, the event that we hosted at ASB this week, we also had the extraordinary mm-hmm. professor uh, from MIT, John Sturman, who is, I think, the leading the leading mind in the world of sustainability in the world. And he he was giving this talk. He was talking about how by reducing, let's say, by by everybody turning vegan, we barely do two percent of of global. Uh, carbon, uh, you know, uh, uh, footprint. By doing this, we only do that. By doing this, we only do this little. And halfway through his his talk, I started to get really depressed because it kept feeling like there's nothing, there's no hope out of this. And then his final comments were, if you only do one thing, you only get this little. But mm-hmm. if you do everything, look how much you get. So that was so much hope for me that you can't really say my contribution doesn't matter. The fact that I turn vegan, it doesn't matter. The fact that I recycle doesn't matter. It might not matter for one person, but if all yeah, 7 exactly. billions of us do You're it, right. it will sure matter. Yeah. Amen to that, Ilham. Mm-hmm. So we are at the end of our unconventional journey on the I unconventional podcast. I hope you, you had so fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for for being here, Um, reminding everybody that this is the highly extraordinary (laughs) and very unconventional Ilham Bazi on the Five on Five with the Unconventional Professor podcast. Everybody, please stay online after a short break for the lesson of the day. And thank you so much. Hi, guys. Welcome back. I hope you really enjoyed the amazing energy that Ilham has and uh, the contagious positive energy that that she has. So for our final segment, the lesson of the day, I want to talk a little bit about something that I have learned this week. So I started teaching a new program in digital transformation, even though if you look at my background, I don't know anything about technology except for how to press on and off. But um, 
I, uh, I'm also somebody who gets excited about new challenges and when um, uh, I saw that a lot of companies were interested in learning about digital transformation, I spent significant time trying to learn, trying to learn from others, trying to do my own research. So for the past couple of years, I actually invested quite a lot in learning about digital transformation. And this week I ran a program with a group of very, very successful uh, leaders. And um, one of the things that I have learned in the past two years, that digital transformation is not about technology. Digital transformation is about people. And I think you know very much the, uh, my expression by now, the job is easy, the people are not. What I have learned is that digital transformation is easy, people transformation is not. And in this program, what I've learned, I learned how when you create a new, the, the right space, when you create the right environment, when you create an environment of trust and consideration for each other, people can be very open, can be very, very vulnerable, and they can tell you the things that they are afraid of when it comes to transformation, disruption, innovation, change. So I ran this uh, short exercise and uh, people shared publicly and so openly the things that they are afraid of. Uh, they are afraid of truly knowing what digital transformation is. They are afraid of embracing technology because they don't know how to use it. They are afraid of losing their jobs. They are afraid of adding more work to, over, um, to an overloaded work schedule. They are afraid that things will not go as smooth as they wanted. And I have to say, I am so grateful that people are so open to talk about the fears they have when it comes to disruption. I ran this program before for a few other companies and I found similar reactions where, once again, digital transformation, the technology transformation, it's a lot easier than people transformation. So my lesson of the day is we have to acknowledge that the business of business is not business. The business of business is people. And in every situation of change, in every transition, in every disruption, we first have to work on the people aspect, on the human aspect, on the human element of transformation. And once we achieve that, once we go through uh, the fears, we talk about the opportunities, we understand where our weaknesses are, we can move on and talk truly about transformation. So my lesson of the day is, the job is easy, the people are not. Digital transformation is easy, people transformation is not. However, I think with the right smart and sharp tools, we can make it happen. Thank you so much for joining me on another podcast today. This is Loredana Padurian, your unconventional professor, class dismissed.